Welcome. My name is Gina Timberman, and you are listening to Timber People, a podcast about people who, like timber, are strong, build and create, who gather us together like fuel that feeds fire. People who support structures of our community that uplift and protect. Hello, welcome. This is a really special, I mean, I feel like all of the podcasts are special when I invite my friends and associates and community members on the show. I'm really excited today to welcome um, just, she's not only a phenomenal woman, she is a best friend. She is a smart, savvy um, woman, business owner, and Lori Burson, welcome to the show. Thank you, Gina Timperman. <laughs> Excited to be here. I've been nervous about doing this, but the ones that I have listened to, I'm just so impressed with this incredible podcast you have put together and you bring such interesting people on. So I'm very honored to be included. Thank you. It's an honor to have you on the show. We've known each other for a number of years and we've been acquaintances for decades. And I just feel so blessed and honored that we have become so close over the years in more recent years. Probably what, about like 10 years? <laughs> it's probably been 10 years that we have been super close, so close that when Gina's uh, name pops up on my phone, it's a photo of her and two of my previous dogs. <laughs> <laughs> those are uh, those were good times. Those were good times, walking your dogs and everything. And I have to say, witnessing like what you do in your daily life as a friend has been really special. But even if I didn't know you, I would just be in awe, especially not only through pandemic and everything that was going on, but being there in the opening days of Stella Modern Italian Cuisine, it's been really special to see you operate and to see you really exceed in everything that you're doing. Thanks, Gina. Um, you mentioned the beginning days of Stella, and you were there on the very first day <laughs> that Stella opened. Those are great memories. <laughs> and truly the first year, I felt like I stayed in business with my friends coming in constantly to support me. And um, you mentioned earlier how we had first met several decades ago, and it was in the nonprofit world with us setting on some boards together and serving our community. And then when I opened Stella, I felt like that came back to me. Um, so many of the friends that I had met in the uh, with us having common interest in serving on boards together, them coming and supporting me, you being one of the biggest supporters. And then here we are almost 14 years later at Stella, and I think one of the really rewarding things for me is that um, almost every evening there are friends that are in the building, but a lot of the people are people that I've never seen and are coming in for the very first time and they're coming in because of the reputation of the food and service that my staff has produced. So I'm very, very proud of the people I work with. Well, I'll tell you, some of, some of my best memories are at Stella and have been at Stella and still are. And it's not only a place for fine dining for me that's special, it's also a place for community and connection. And I've made some incredible friends through uh, my Stella connection. And I want to ask for the listeners, what inspired you for the concept of Stella and your beginnings as a business owner? 
my story is like a lot of the my my friends in the hospitality world. We we start doing it early on, and it's you know a first job for many of us. It was for me, and then going to a private university. I graduated from the University of Dallas, which is an incredible school, but very expensive, and uh, needed not only money from some academic scholarships and um, help, but also had two jobs going on at the same time. And one was on campus, but the really higher paying job was the one in the restaurant. So even though my degree is in psychology, I just fell in love with this industry that has been part of my life since I was 16. And just University of Dallas had an opportunity to spend a semester in Rome and so that's really where the Italian part of Stella came into play. So fell in love with the food and restaurant industry early on. And then when I decided to open my first restaurant, and currently my only restaurant, I wanted it to be Italian because I learned so much while I was in Italy about how the Italians dine and a little bit differently than what we do here. And I wanted to bring part of um, their world to ours. Um, when I was in school, I witnessed the Italians just really embracing food and wine. And it's for them, not just a way to put food, um, put calories into their body. You're not going to see them standing up at the kitchen counter eating. Almost every meal they have is truly a celebration of life, a celebration of family and friends. And that's what I wanted Stella to be. Um, you mentioned meeting um, new new friends. And that's been a huge, I think, accomplishment, Stella, is that it became a neighborhood restaurant, and that was my goal for it. So a lot of times we will have single individuals, you know, maybe someone that's staying across the street at the Ambassador Hotel that comes in and sets up the bar for business. But before long, I'm seeing them communicate with the person sitting on uh, the each side of them and friendships developing. Um, Gina, you were in last night, and as normal, by the end of the evening, you had made probably two or three right. new connections. What I love about Stella, it is a place of community and a part of the revitalization of downtown and midtown, and it's been really cool to see that um, just as a participant. <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned that aspect of it. Um, midtown has gone through a lot of changes over the years. When I first opened, I believe I was maybe the third um, business to open in the area. If you look at the history of Midtown, the Stella building was actually built in the 1920s as a gas station. And I mentioned the ambassador, the ambassador hotel was actually a old, um, well, it was built as a medical complex, a doctor's office. I didn't know that. And so when I first opened, I had several different times. Um, older gentlemen come in and tell me stories about how they had been with their mom as children and visiting the doctor's office with her and then coming across the street to fill up the car with gas. <laughs> so if you visit Stella, you'll see I have a couple of photos on the wall, black and white photos in the 1950s where the building was still a gas station. But back to current times, when I first opened 14 years ago, um, you know, the other thing I love about the Midtown area is we're extremely supportive of each other. 
And Cafe de Brazil was the very first restaurant to open in the area. And Anna and Larry Davis um, told me their story about moving from Classen and 23rd to purchasing this large building that was originally built as a funeral home. And they converted it into Larry's law office and her incredible restaurant. And the first day that they were open or first week that they were open, they stood in the parking lot and for 45 minutes did not see a single car drive by. So they really took a risk there. So I give them a lot of credit for, you know, bringing people to the area. And now Oklahoma City has, you know, different neighborhoods that each have a different personality. And I love the fact that over the years, in the 14, almost 14 years that I've been open, you know, we now have a lot of retail around us. And so, um, you know, it truly is that neighborhood feel. We have quite a few customers that live in Mesta Park or Heritage Hills or maybe live at the Edge Apartments and they walk to Stella. But before they get to Stella, they're walking by commonplace books and maybe stopping there and showing a new children's book to one of their kids. We have a family that literally um, has come in every week for many, many years, multiple times each week. I think we're their their second kitchen and they have two little boys. (laughs) I know exactly who you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And even the other day, it was uh, boys night out. So (laughs) their mom uh, was busy. So dad brought in the two boys and he let the kids pick where they were going to eat and and they picked Stella. So, you know, that's that's part of the... uh, joy, the fun of my profession is I I truly get to be part of people's lives and to see a family grow. Um, We've had quite a few engagements at Stella. Um, First dates that end up being an engagement and then come back and maybe have their rehearsal dinner with us and then come and celebrate each anniversary with us. We were talking about like the commitment and the community connection and of neighboring businesses. And anyone who has witnessed you in your role knows not only are you impeccably dressed and in heels and mysteriously seem like never in pain walking in heels on hard floors. Um, I will tell you that you are also a roll up your sleeves, you know, business owner. And from what I know and, and grateful for this is to know that you come from a heritage of hard work and commitment with your mother being a business owner as well. Absolutely. My mom is absolutely my hero. I even get emotional just talking about her. Um, She truly is the one that, you know, helped encourage me to go to University of Dallas and um, help pay for that. And she's just been, she is that mom that, I wish everyone could have a mother like her. Um, so strong and just so loving, so caring. Um, my birthday is later this month and I will be taking a trip with her. Um, you know, we talk almost daily. She still lives in the Dallas area where I grew up. And I did watch her when I was growing up and her work ethic. And thank you for mentioning uh, my work ethic. That's something that I am proud of, and I definitely credit my mom for giving me that. It's been really special to witness that, especially also during pandemic, going in and knowing that 
you're filling the to-go orders, your blood, sweat, and tears through that period of time. And I want the listeners to know that, and thank you for this, representing Oklahoma at the White House, small business owners, but being a female-owned business and really representing our state to have a voice at the table on the national level, that's really special. Can you talk about that a little bit? That's uh, something I'm very proud of. Uh, the Oklahoma Restaurant Association has done an amazing job um, over the years, and especially during the pandemic, when, um, you know, for anyone owning a business, um, life was extremely difficult, um, the unknown, not knowing what the next day would bring. So the ORA was giving us not one, but usually two or three communications throughout the day, just letting us know what we could and could not do and, you know, helping to navigate this unknown world. The invitation to the White House, the executive director of the ORA invited me to be one of the guests. So uh, Governor Stitt myself, and a gentleman that owns hotels in Tulsa. The three of us were at a U-shaped table. And it was interesting even flying into D.C. This was, of course, my first time to fly since the pandemic had started. And uh, landing in D.C. and going to a hotel and having traveled the entire day, getting there, and whereas Oklahoma City we were allowed to do to go food and outside dining and arriving there and there being i think by that time maybe we were open yes i think we were open in the inside but with limited seating arriving at the hotel there was nothing in the mini bar as far as food there was no mini bar at all there was no bar open to go and get a bite of food. Um, when I asked the front desk attendant about, you know, visiting a restaurant to get to go food, if the hotel didn't have it, he just laughed at me at that point because <laughs> they they were quite a bit behind us and just handling it in a different way. And each state got to make their own decisions on it. Um, but incredible honor to be included in that group and. We had two or three different states represented around the table. I get embarrassed when I have heard the recording or seen the video because you can tell I'm nervous, you know. Setting, As anyone would be. <laughs> setting two seats away from our president and uh, right next to our governor. But what you couldn't see is that at the back of the room, there were at least 40 um, media people. And you could hear the click of the camera the entire time that we're talking. But uh, it really was just about getting the message across right. to um, our president about where we were in the hospitality world. And to be selected by your peers in that industry, that's really important. And, you know, I have to say that you create these really special experiences with fine dining and the presentation and awareness of wines and different ways of dining and eating and enjoying life through food and experiences. You're also a supporter of public art. I've really enjoyed um, your commitment to that. Thank you. 
Before we go to public art, I would like to go back to our COVID conversation. And oh, just, yes, please. And just thank you, Gina, for your incredible <laughs> support during that time. You've always been a big support of uh, Stella and myself. Um, can ask you, you know, help and ask you questions on anything. You know, what friend is going to put on a white bear suit and come <laughs> and pose in photos and That's walk, been a real joy. And walk through you. the restaurant <laughs> at holidays at Christmas wearing a, a white bear suit? It's been a commitment of humility and of uh, humor and great enjoyment for me. Thank you. <laughs> but during COVID, um, it was friends like you that were constantly calling in with to-go orders. Um, you know, when we were only able to take to-go food out to a car, you know, having friends come up, you know, and I say a friend, these are, some of these people were complete strangers that over the years have become more acquaintance friends and then have developed into friends. One particular couple I remember drove up and, you know, picking up their weekly order or twice a week order of to-go food. And at that time, it was just myself and three employees working. And I knew that they were probably tired of Stella food, but they were just doing it to make sure, as they told me, they wanted to make sure that we were open at the end of, you know, what at that time we weren't even sure how long would last. Um, but they handed me an envelope and a letter and they handed me cash for the employees working wow. to be able to share because they knew how tough it was. Thankfully, through the partnership with St. Luke's Methodist and OG&E, we were able to provide food for a lot of the community. It was an interesting partnership. Um, Dr. Bob Long called me one day and said that he had been contacted by OG&E. I mean, what an incredible idea and gift. OG&E had come up with the idea of giving money, but they did not want to just hand money out. They wanted to truly provide food for people, but they wanted to help the community with food, but then also to help small local restaurants. So they contacted St. Luke's because of St. Luke's commitment to do um, the feeding of people just in general when life is normal. Right. Uh, and Dr. Long contacted me and said, what's the best way for us to do this? And we came up with an idea and came up with a list of, I'm not sure how many restaurants they included, but they were all in the downtown, midtown area. And we had the opportunity to deliver food that we were paid for and then that food was given out to the community. So it was an incredible partnership. And, you know, some of those gifts that businesses um, and friends and just the community gave to us will never be forgotten. There are certain middle ground spaces that are great equalizers and that bring people together. Sports, music, food being one of them, and art. Yes. And it's been really great to see the ways in which you not only support the community, to, but also to support the artists in the community. So we mentioned that um, when we first met two decades decades ago was probably through um, one 
particular nonprofit board that I was heavily involved with and still am involved with to this day is Oklahoma Contemporary. Um, You know, a public art space that is free to the public. I got heavily involved with that nonprofit and um, originally in school started out working on an art degree. Felt like I didn't have the true dedication or talent to become an artist, but I think that's where my love of of art comes from, Um, you know, seeing how much work artists do. And they're ones that also during the pandemic, um, you know, really suffered and, um, you know, people definitely were not buying art at that time. But what I decided to do, which was kind of crazy, if you think about it, was I um, contacted Denise Duong and had always wanted um, to have her do something at Stella. And during the pandemic, she actually painted a mural on the back of our building. It's incredible. (laughs) So it's, um, and other buildings have been built around us since then. So it's a hidden mural. And so if you go to the back parking lot behind Stella, you can see an amazing piece of public art. Um, in the front of our restaurant, we have a fence around the patio that Rick and Tracy Bewley, incredibly talented local glass artist and metal artist, and they did a metal fence for me. It's incredible. They're so great. <laughs> they were my first podcast guests. <laughs> They're an amazing couple, and they also uh, have done our we have little arrangements on our patio tables and they are flowers, but they are made out of uh, acrylic and just the creativity that Rick and Tracy do. And they normally join us uh, at least once a week and it's usually Sunday nights. So it's, it's nice to know even I can know what day of the week it is by, by who, who I see in the restaurant. I love it. I love it. Lori Burson, I want to thank you not only for your friendship, but for your connection to our community. You are always so dedicated to bringing friends together for presenting experiences that really not only create an awareness of food and wine and experiences that take Oklahoma City and Midtown to the next level. I'm so blessed and honored to know you. And thank you so much for being on the show. Gina Timberman, thank you so much, and thank you for your commitment to our city. You truly amaze me with everything that you do professionally and personally, the commitment that you've had with so many different projects in this town. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you, my friend. I love you. Love you, too. Yakoki, thank you for joining us. Timber People is brought to you by the Possibilities Podcast Platform. As we wrap up, Possibilities would like to give a special thank you to this episode's sponsor, Pat and Fred Schoenwald Jr., paving the way for creative expression in our community. Their commitment to our vision allows us to continue to have these conversations. We are grateful for your continued support, Pat and Fred.